happens when a local utility intentionally invests in the children and families residing in their community? Long-term impact and rippling global benefits. That's what happens. We're taking a closer look at how thousands of students and their families are reached annually through the dynamic programming that Tucson Electric Power brings to the schools in our community. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Another exciting show, another good news content, which we're all looking for. I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, and this is Down to Earth Tucson. So... I have to ask this, and I know that none of you listeners can answer me, but how exciting is it that we're going to be learning about investing in tomorrow and how our local utility company, Tucson Electric Power, partners with community schools to make that happen? I, for one, think it's very exciting because I am I am starved for good news. And when I was getting ready for this show and the one I did yesterday, it's like, yes, there's a lot of good things going on. So, and I can't wait for our guest today to share away. Please join me in welcoming Jennifer Cox, Education Outreach Representative for Tucson Electric Power. And Jennifer, it really is wonderful to have you here. And I think we should start like recording the conversations that go on before the show because that's kind of fun too. So it's great to have you here. They're pretty entertaining. <laughs> they are. We have a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm so happy to be here to to share what we do um, and the resources we provide for teachers and ultimately their students. And hopefully a few teachers out there listening that have not um, participated in our programs before because they don't know about them. Hopefully they'll learn and give us a call to come into their classrooms virtually now, of course. That's a, that, that, yeah, that is a great shout out because people like Kelly King, our show producer, she'll help get the word out. And ah. they're in the Vail School District, which yes. I think you're probably very active in anyway. But um, there's connections here. So most noteworthy to me before we dive in is that we have yet another TEP guest who has worked for TEP for a very long time, almost 17 years. And I want to talk about her position. In her position, Jennifer manages the academic educational programs offered to local schools and helps provide resources directly to teachers. And Lord knows they need them for use in their classrooms. She serves on the board of directors of Tucson Values Teachers, an amazing, outstanding rock organization. They rock. And her duties at TEP, there's always other duties when I have TEP guests on (laughs) because you guys wear a lot of hats, Um, include government relations and public policy activities at the state and federal levels. And I think it speaks volumes about the kind of company that TEP is because a lot of you wear many hats and do it well. And let's try to talk about as many of the ones that you're doing because they all seem quite important to me. So let's start with your in-classroom programs and just give us a sense for, you know, pre-COVID. I'm assuming that a lot of these programs, and we're going to talk about COVID modifications, but in the before times, these were all, you know, rocking, happening just going on and then, you know, and then there's COVID. But tell us about what the programs are and their ideal, um, you know, what it looks like. Sure, of course. Uh, We have actually been conducting programs in schools for at least 30 years. We have an electrical safety board, which is kind of a a mini neighborhood uh, model. It has a house and it has people and it has trees and cars and electrical lines. And the fun 
part about this is that the electrical lines are live. So we have our linemen and some of our field crews who are trained in this board um, go into classrooms and show kids what happens when, say, a kite flies into electrical lines or there's a downed power line on a car. Um, parents love seeing this, and it's so fun because we have teachers now requesting that to come into their classroom who saw it when they were in grade school. So <laughs> it's been around me. that long and it's really, oh really neat that they yes. remember it and they want it in their, in their classroom. Right. Right. So that's, that's awesome. Like seriously. And it kids know what's happening because they can see it. Right. Right. And it's, you know, it's always fun to have that extra exciting thing, you know, and it's, it's not just a PowerPoint or it's not just a, um, somebody's up there talking about, electricity. It's actually getting to see it and getting to see those arcs between the lines and the kites or the tree. Um, and that one is geared towards our fourth graders, but we do that one a lot in community events, children's museum right. events, Earth Day, right. uh, SARSAF. So that one's fun um, and out in the community a lot. Uh, and then a number of years ago, we started our Bright Students program, which is our middle school program, kind of geared towards energy efficiency. Um, and then Recent, most recently, we started our Renewable Students Program, which is a high school program that, um, again, interactive. All of our programs are interactive and fun for the students. Our Renewable Students Program is kind of based on um, social media because kids are tied to their phones. So all of the learning components have to do with Snapchat or a YouTube video. And so things are presented to them in ways that they are used to receiving information right. these days. right. So who's in charge of that? Because that is really a new frontier. Yes. You have to have someone probably that's young or familiar with the technology because I cannot stand Snapchat. My <laughs> 20-year-old granddaughter loves it. Yeah, I, I don't understand it either, but uh, thank you. Very, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> very fortunate to work with a local nonprofit uh, environmental education exchange or E3. Um, E3, love them. Yes. Love them. So you have these great, age-appropriate, rocking social media platforms like Snapchat, which I can't stand. How do you, like, do you know how to do Snapchat? How are you teaching these kids to use the socially acceptable media platform for them and learn? I, I am so behind on Snapchat and TikTok <laughs> yes. and all of the <laughs> different you, programs or apps that are out there. My, my kids use them. I know nothing about them. Right. So we're very fortunate. To, I'm in good company. Yeah, right. yeah. Very fortunate to work with a wonderful local nonprofit, Environmental Education Exchange, uh, or E3. They are wonderful. They've uh, wonderful. been in the community for many years. They have over 200 uh programs that they've done for Tucson Water and the National Park Service. And so they're very familiar with um, education, with the environment, with uh, TEP's mission uh, in the community. So we rely heavily on them for the content um, development and presentations of our programs. So it's it's really wonderful. They're a good partner with everybody that they work with. And I, I have the most unbelievable respect for Neil and his team. It's a great team. It's kind of like TEP. Everybody likes working there. Yes. So, yes. okay. So you have bright students, renewable students, which is pretty clever if you ask me. The Electrical Safety Board, um, Safety Land, which I think is great for second graders. And what's coming out to me is they're also not just age appropriate, but I'm a big social behavioral science person about um, the way the people that kids learn 
multiple intelligences and you've got so many of them covered because some kids learn by touch and some kids learn by reading and some kids learn by doing. So that excites me. So how does it relate to like where kids are with science standards or grade levels? Sure. How do you integrate that? So again, with with E3's expertise in um, curriculum development and um, my involvement in the education community, we really work to make sure that all of our programs align with the Arizona science standards and we update them as those standards change uh, to make sure that teachers have um, the best resources that they can get to help them teach the curriculum that they are responsible to teach in their classrooms. So we really make sure that it's um, relevant to what they're doing in the classroom anyways. Um, and just making it fun, making it fun for the teachers to see their students interacting and participating in the programs. And learning that's fun really matters. It just, it has an impact. And it just, to me, it's like all the right things. So what about, here's a question. I remember when um, Kelly, our show producer, was working with a program and I think it was Vail, but she might've been in TSD, that to USD. And they got, the kids got these little kits. They were energy efficiency kits. Do you still give those out to the kids? We do. We have an energy efficiency kit for the Bright Students program. And then we have a safety kit for our second graders that that participate in the Safety Land program. They get a little kit with some LED light bulbs and the plugs, the little safety plugs for the outlets, because many of them have um, children or young brothers or sisters at home. They learn how to keep them safe around the house as well. So they they get a little kit as well. And And... That brings it to the home. So they're helping to educate their parents. And I love that cross-pollination because it really is a community and a home challenge to make sure that we have a planet that's preserved. So let's talk about COVID. I mean, from what I understand from some of the people at TEP, you are not going back into the office till January 1st, which I think is laudable. I really do, especially since there's been a huge spike in Arizona again. So what did you have to do, like all hands on deck when it came to COVID modifications? I'm sure you didn't just stop. No, and you know, as soon as the middle of March came and we knew that there was not going to be in-school classes for the rest of the semester, for the rest of the spring, we immediately adapted our program so that we could still provide resources to teachers. Um, you know, before we even knew what the classroom was going to look like, you know, was it going to be Zoom? Was it going to be all virtual? Was was there a chance that anybody was going back? So we really just kind of worked as things changed, which they changed very rapidly in those first um, few weeks of of COVID and knowing what was going on in the community. So we really worked hard to take our programs virtual to provide a resource for the teachers um, because they were really just looking for anything they could get to um, engage and students and keep them active in school. So needed. So needed. Can you imagine? I mean, I, I talk to my friends who have smaller kids and I just say that God in his infinite wisdom did not make that happen for me because I am not a poster child for homeschooling. <laughs> Trust me, I'm just not. And some of my friends say, yeah, well, I'm not either, but I didn't have a choice. So these resources, they are so important, especially if they're fun and you try to make them interactive and age appropriate. It's it's a gift. And I'm sure teachers say that. Um, but before I forget to ask this, I really wanted to ask this at the very beginning. How many 
lives do you touch? How many students do you touch in any given year? What kind of number are we looking at? Sure. So pre-COVID, when we were actually able to get into the classroom and out to those STEM and science nights, um, annually, we reach about 20,000 students through our oh programs. Gosh. And that's that's direct reach. And like you mentioned, um, all of the information that we teach students in classrooms goes home to parents and kids are excited to teach their parents to make sure they remember to turn off the light or shut down the computer. So it really expands beyond that you know, with the indirect. And even you're taking it another level with the kits, used to just give them to the kids. But now I had someone else on the show from TEP that talked about the school meal pickup. So you're working with what is possible and continuing to provide really great things and in a very, very, very challenging time. So that's for the COVID modifications. And I'm assuming like with high school kids, are you going to do Zoom? I mean, my life yes. is a Zoom call. Yes. I know, <laughs> I know. Between work and, and my kids' school, yes, I, I hear you. Oh. Um, so with, with high school, we learned that the teachers in the, at the high school level are ready for live Zoom presentations. The elementary and middle school teachers, when we surveyed them, were still kind of uh, trying to adapt their core curriculum to virtual learning. So with those grade levels, we're doing more of a um, interactive online games uh, associated with an activity book. But the high school classes, our renewable students will be coming to the students in their home or in school, as some of them have gone back, right. as a live Zoom cast that they can interact with. So that's good. I mean, I'm shocked at how into it I can get. It really, I mean, without the visual, and then I had to do this Loom presentation the other day. So see how modern I am? I learned about Loom. I have not heard of Loom. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. It's like <laughs> we're doing this scale-up program with Local First, and I had to give a one-hour lecture which the participants in Scale Up listened to before my one-hour presentation. So it was, you know, it was very interesting. And you know me, you do know me. I'm not really worried about being in front of a microphone. So I just talked for an hour, took a couple of deep breaths. Um, so another thing that I want to ask you about, and I, I just, I was had so much, I don't know, consternation or deeper thoughts um, preparing for this because... One of the things that I think TEP is a poster child for, and this is from me as a community activist, I've been involved in nonprofits for 45 years, don't tell anybody, I joined when I was 12, <laughs> um, is employee engagement. And to me, there are check writers and sponsors, and then there are people on organizations like TEP where yes, you help support things financially, but people show up. I have so much respect for TEP and their hands-on participation in things. I mean, in the before time, I'm out there in the community, I'm going to many events and we crack up like Wendy, Erica, Worden and I like, oh yeah, here we are, fourth one this week. So that was in the before time. What are you doing now? And I know you have a lot of involvement with STEM and speakers. What are you able to do now um, to work with these kids for science nights and all that? Is there any continuation of what you were doing? There is, and it's kind of developing as uh, school schedules change and we're able to kind of be out a little bit more in the community. Uh, Pre-COVID, our employees loved getting into the classroom to work with kids. And it wasn't so much about 
making sure kids learn about electrons and protons and energy. It was really just getting them engaged in learning, in asking questions, in wondering um, what's going to happen next or what if I do this? So it's really just about getting them to start thinking critically about what they're seeing and asking questions. So we're trying to carry that over into the virtual world. We have had a couple of schools reach out for um, kind of a Zoom hands-on science activities. So we're working to see what we can do to get um, activities to students and our presenters to be able to give them the same kind of presentation through those virtual um, right, those virtual avenues. So. Yeah, and for presentations, I mean, I can see it. Nothing, I feel like my ability to connect with audiences is one of my strengths. And it's been a challenge. I mean, I've done a couple of trainings for TEP and I think it's gone well, but it's a whole different feeling when you can see everybody and read the audience. And if people are falling asleep and snoring, you know, your presentation <laughs> isn't going very well. But anyway, so it's, I'm not surprised. So you're adapting like the rest of yes. the world. Yes. And we'll continue as, as things change and new protocols and policies are developed. So, I would like you to talk about some of those great partnerships because to me, I'm involved in one now with Chapman Automotive Group and Francisco from Energy Efficiency and Todd from Hotel Congress and Local First and Mrs. Green's World. Great partnerships are just that. They're great. So what are some of your great partnerships? Because I know you participate in so many things. We, we do, and we're we're so proud to be able to be at have such great partnerships with so many organizations in the community. Um, one of those is the Stamazing Institute from the Pima County Superintendent's Office. Um, we worked with Danelle Hogan for a number of years on her institute there and providing workshops for teachers, uh, continuing education. Uh, and one of the, the best parts about that program is that any of the workshops that uh, she does and that we sponsor, the teachers leave that workshop not only with the knowledge and the new lesson plan, but with enough materials for their entire class to be able to do that project because it's you know, it's terrible to give a teacher a lesson plan and teach him or her how to do something and then say, go buy what you need to make it happen in your classroom. So we actually provide them the materials to be able to leave and do that. So um, with COVID, unfortunately, this summer, we they weren't able to hold their teacher workshops that they normally do, but uh, we've been able to provide them with some funding so that they can take that virtual and they'll be providing resources right. to teachers and training to teachers vir uh, virtually. Um, the Construction Career Days, we've been involved in that, I think, since it started, and that is a big event and we love going out there with all of our field crews and they set up power poles and climb them and um, students get to see construction vehicles and um, that one's usually held in October. I'm not sure what they're doing with that this year, but that's a great event that we've been a part of um, for many years. Uh, and then our partnerships with the local um, schools, we have a great internship program through San Miguel High School. We partner with Pima Community College, U of A, um, both for internships and educational opportunities. So a lot of great programs and partnerships out there. I have a particular question to ask you because I one of my favorite events of the year is SARCEF. And I love yes. all those people over there. Yes. And it's if for, for our listeners that don't know, it's a huge science fair. That's what I would call it. It stands for other things. But from all over the state, kids come, they 
get vetted. They have science fair projects. And I'm a judge. I love being a judge. So what about that? I mean, I remember when they were trying to decide if they were still going to have it or not. So we just have to think it'll come back. It'll come back. Absolutely. That's such a fun event. And I love their their night that's open to the community to go in and check it out uh, for people who aren't participating with science projects. They still can go in and see all the fun um, activities and projects that students have done. But we're not only a financial partner in that, we also provide judges. So a number of our employees have been judges for many years for SAR staff. Um, I've judged it. I usually judge the the lower grades because I don't have the expertise for the, the really detailed and amazing projects that the students do there. I'm right there with you, kiddo. <laughs> so I, I stick with the lower grades. Can I judge the fourth graders? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have experts in, you know, renewable energy and engineering and those fields who are um, really good at those uh, higher grades. So we, we let them do that stuff. Um, we also have our live electrical safety board there, um, which is always fun. And a lot of times the adults are so much more interested in electricity themselves than the students, you know, than the kids are. They have a lot of fun with it. So we we provide uh, back-end support and we're so happy to be a partner in that uh, that event. A question that I hope doesn't put you on the spot, so don't get nervous, okay. but I just want to ask this and I should ask other TEP employees. I interview many of you in the past like eight, nine, 10 years and so many people have been there for a very long time. There's staff turnover is not a big deal at TEP. And I would love to just give all the credit to Dave Hutchins, but he is so yesterday. I'm mad at him because he's <laughs> leaving. So never mind, Dave. Pace of the leader, pace of the team. What What's going on over there that makes you and so many other people stay? And I mean that. I mean that very sincerely. You stay and you stay strong and you're enthusiastic and you volunteer for things. What What's in the Kool-Aid over there? I want to know. You know, you're right. Like I've been there almost 17 years and most people, there have been, there are people who have been there for 40 years. So it's such a great place to work. The atmosphere there is so wonderful. People take care of each other. People look out for each other and everybody understands that we all have priorities in our lives that sometimes take precedent over a meeting or something at work. So it's just, just such a great culture. Um, to work there from the top down, you know, Dave has been there um, for many years. Started as a, you know, just a regular employee. I know. Um, Susan started as an intern. She's been there her whole career. Um, Susan Gray, the heir apparent. Okay, yes. go ahead. <laughs> yes. So it's you know it's run by people who have been ingrained in not only the company but the community. They all have children who go to school here. They've been involved in community organizations and activities. So they really care about um, what we provide to our customers because it's their neighbors, it's their families. So I really just just love the atmosphere and I'll, I'll stay there for the rest of my working life. Yeah, you can't, you, you know, you can't fake it. Yeah. Yeah, you can't fake it because I know people come and we talk off air and it's just... It speaks volumes about the kind of community and culture that's been created there. And I just, I don't know if I always throw that in, but it's impressive <laughs> to me. And I'm getting really, I'm getting really good at this stuff, man. I'm loving it. So, it's, you know, it's it's nice because it's a real genuine care. It's not just a, yes. here's some money and 
you know, go do what you need in the community. It's it's just real genuine care for the people in our community and our customers. It is, it is. And for like some of the galas that you buy a table for, I see my friends there dancing and having uh-huh. fun. They don't just buy a table and then nobody can fill it. It's just, um, it's great to see that. And I know we'll have events again in the aftertime. So is there anything that I forgot to ask you or a final comment that you want to make or a program that I overlooked that you want to highlight? Uh, you know, we're just always trying to adapt to the needs of the teachers and the students. So well, these are the programs that we have now. They work great. We modify them as necessary. And we're always open to um, meeting additional needs of the community and the education uh, organizations out there. So we really just want to, we're not providing this to toot our own horn or do anything for us internally. It really is to provide a resource that is needed. Very valued. Very, very, very valued. So now a couple of final comments from me. And one is I am going to keep doing this to ask you, our wonderful listeners, to consider joining our movement. We do show up every day to make a difference for our community, our country, and the planet. And we would be ever so grateful if you would consider becoming an MGW patron. You can do it for as little as $5 a month and join this magnificent movement of ours. You can look in the show notes for the link that would take you right there. And we hope you'll consider it. And now my last words, which I think are more of a reflection than anything else. When I have a guest on the show like Jennifer... And I am reminded of all the community work that TEP does. I get inspired. And I know that I am not alone among a big, big, big number of people who are looking every day for inspiration in these very challenging times. Everybody who listens to me knows my thoughts on the clear and present danger of climate change. It's real, it's here, and it's very serious. And we need all hands on deck. And to me, TEP is on deck. Who I get to spend time with and connect people and organizations to TEP are the energy efficiency folks. They're out there. They're in the community. They're training. They're teaching. They're educating people, including students, on how to conserve energy. And they sell electricity. Do you get that? To me, it's like, yeah, that's how they make their living. But what they're doing is really upping their game when it comes to accelerating their timeline to move to more renewable energy sources in a number of ways. And they are the most hands-on, show-up, and volunteer-gets-things-done company in our community today. So I'm just gushing a little bit, and it's I can because it's my show. So isn't that great? I have no clue where we would be without them. And when I go to these galas and events and home builds, you you can tell the difference between someone who wrote a check and an organization that's behind community service. And TEP is that. So Jennifer, thank you for your hard work. And thank you, TEP, for a great partnership with Mrs. Green's World and a partner to our community and our planet. We need to keep it up and keep all of us moving in the same direction for a healthier, more sustainable, and more socially just planet. So Jennifer, I love having you on. It was really great. And I want to do the final thanks to my listeners, our listeners, because without you, there would be no us, and we're glad there's an us. So Jennifer, do you want to just say goodbye to all your family and friends and everybody at TEP? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for having me. It was such a pleasure to to join you today. And we had fun. We did. I love it when we we have fun. We had fun. We laughed. So I'm sure our paths will cross again in the aftertimes. I know there'll be another SARSEF. So you stay safe, take care, and everybody, don't forget to vote. 
Thank you. Bye.